First off, a special thank you to our amazing Patreon.com patrons. Kayla, Sarah, Joe, Jill, Kevin, Mary, Karen, Jennifer, Robin, Janae, Anna, Barbara, Diane, Suze, Stephanie, Erica, Tare, and our forever first, Trisha. As Patreon patrons, they get early access to our episodes, our eternal gratefulness for helping us express our love for all things Project Runway. And if you are unfamiliar with Patreon.com, well, it's a wonderful little site whose mission is to support creative work. There, you can make a small donation of support to the podcast to help out with production costs. If you'd like to become a Patreon patron, visit our page on patreon.com forward slash the workroom podcast. The link is in the show notes. So none of you are officially on Project Runway season eight yet. In fact, one or more of you will be eliminated today. Oh my God, that sucks. I'm like, come again. That's the worst trick ever. That's right, today is your first challenge, the first runway show, and the first elimination. There's 17 people here instead of 16. One of us is going home. It's really nerve-wracking because we just got here. I mean, I knew that they were gonna spring something crazy on us, but I didn't expect it to be like, okay, you're trying out still. Project Runway. I am Ernest. Oh no, who's going first? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Nayland. And I'm Patricia. Yay! Oh my goodness. We, we, Problem solved. We, we got into it. We got there. Um, yes. Yep. So uh, three cheers for the Dream Three. Uh, we're back <laughs> in the workroom. We are so excited to be back finally and so happy to be back with y'all listeners. And um, just to remind everyone, um, uh, just in case you forgot, because it has been a little bit of uh, a little bit of time, that you can contact us, send us your hot takes, your questions, your gossip, your feedback to us at intheworkroom at gmail.com. And that is I in the workroom at gmail.com. We are on Instagram and Facebook. Just search for us at the workroom podcast. And um, this episode will have a cheat sheet. And that's in the show notes. I will prompt you when it's time to click on that link so you can follow along with us as we talk through the final designs. And um, we're on Patreon. Uh, shout out to our wonderful Patreon patrons. Uh, but Stacey and I are making our way through Next in Fashion. We're still on that journey. And then Naylan <laughs> and I just wrapped a stitch in time that's uh, just chock full of the drama that we like. You know, kind of like can Amber Butchard use a pair of scissors? <laughs> <laughs> under the judging eyes of Ninja, Harriet, and Hannah? Or will she ruin the fabric mint for Marie Antoinette's undergarments? Like, can't you do it? So um, so since we've wrapped that, we're figuring out our next venture. Uh, and so we will um, uh, figure about what we're going to chat about next. And so um, since I mentioned a cheat sheet, that, mean, that means that we are diving into yet another Project Runway season. And of course, since season 19 is still in the works, we are jumping around back into Vintage PR uh, universe. And um, we've heard your voices. We have listened to your, your votes. And we are getting into 
arguably one of the best seasons of Project Runway, a very iconic season, um, a very controversial one, according to Tim Gunn. Yes, listeners, we're talking season eight. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, listeners, um, this we found in preparing for this episode that Project Runway, uh, prior seasons, is getting more and more difficult to find on the interwebs. Uh, it's getting scrubbed <laughs> from Amazon. Uh, it. I also realize that it's really not all on Apple TV either. Um, and, you know, it's not on YouTube. My, I'm hoping, my hope above all hopes is that they're, they're consolidating it for Peacock, which is NBC's um, streaming service. So, you know, fingers crossed, we will see. But I will say, I'll mention that you can find them by searching on the interwebs. They're all located on uh, the website Dailymotion so far. Um, but to be cautious, to make sure that they stay there, I am not putting the links in the show notes. I am just in asking you to Google or to Yahoo or whatever you use, DuckDuck, very carefully and find the, um, the full episodes on Dailymotion. All right. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Nayland or Patricia, do you have anything to add? <laughs> I feel like I've already talked a lot. <laughs> no, but I mean, here we are. I mean, I think that I think that the state of the show is probably due both to, you know, the breakup of the Weinstein company empire and the the um, content wars that we're currently um, uh, living through as streaming platforms try to distinguish themselves. So, yeah, it's kind of irritating because it used to be that you could just buy the episodes outright and buy the seasons outright. Right. Right. On on um, on Amazon. And so when there isn't even like a retail, like a, a piece by piece solution that I find kind of frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just saw that Top Chef was uploaded to Peacock. And so that's that's sort of like, you know, buoyed a little bit of my hope that maybe this will be a little bit easier to find. Um, yeah. So hopefully I'm just crossing my fingers. But mm. I totally agree with you that it's it's this is a complicated show. It's been through a lot. <laughs> so <laughs> production wise, it's it's been it's, it's a complicated show. All right. So um, but we're going to begin with this very first episode of, of season eight and um, shout out to any listeners who have um, who have never seen this sh- this show before or seen this season before. I think this is I don't know. I, this is one of my favorite ones. And, and um, congratulations. You'll be going through this with us for the very first time. I'm very jealous. Um, but we begin with Heidi and Tim kind of ushering us into this new season. And it's also establishing the vibe of the show in a way but also I think kind of highlighting their favorites and spoon feeding us the roles these designers have been cast in which I don't like um because I would like to get an elevator pitch coming straight from the designers but not necessarily Heidi and Tim uh but I also think this is something very different for this season where they're giving us you know a very short quip about who these quote-unquote characters are um but yeah, so we start off with Tim kind of introducing this, who I just wrote in my notes, was a, is a tall, lanky white dude in a shirt that's too short, 
with low rise jeans. And this is AJ, who Tim describes as having an exuberant style that's a little Heatherette, a little Betsy Johnson. Um, we also get introduced to Andy for the first time, who now um, we know because of, of uh, All Stars um, has transitioned and identifies as a woman, and um, her name is now Ari South. But this is before Ari um, fully came out as trans and um, is cast here as, as Andy and Heidi. <laughs> Heidi, just a just a little thing there is yeah. is that. Um, I, I think it'd be great if we could try, um, at least in terms of the podcast, to not dead name Ari as much as possible. Uh, yes. What do you mean? What does that mean? Dead naming is would be using the name that is going to be used during this season. Okay. Okay. So so name so refer to her as Ari. Yes. Okay, I'm totally fine with it because that's basically that's what her that's what I know her as. Yeah. Um, and um, I'm totally yeah, that that's great. Um, so yeah, okay, so well, you know, we we're introduced to her work via Heidi, um, because you know Heidi is like, oh, uh, Ari's looks are Asian inspired. Go figure. Which I was like rude. Um, mm. and then Heidi's like, yeah, they're Asian inspired, but super cool also rude um mm-hmm. so yeah um we have that there we're also introduced to april who is our another trope i think we can say the trope of the 21 year old perhaps the recent design school grad who is in no sleep shape and uh also Kristen, who is he's kind of coming across as our kooky crafter from philly um who makes mistakes but good mistakes and we and then Mondo, who um, uh, blew Tim's socks off during uh, Mondo's audition, and um, I, I I just think it's uh, Mondo's clearly Tim's favorite from from this intro, in my opinion. But and we also get another trope, Mikkel, um, I think that's her, that's her name, Mikkel, who is the mom, M O M in uppercase letters. And we don't get any background about her style or how Tim feels about her or how Heidi feels about her. It's just that she's a mom. Um, and must be missing her children or must want this a lot to be away from, from her mm. kids. And then we get a few snippets of the losers. They're not losers. They're just people who Tim and Heidi don't have time to comment on. We just kind of get <laughs> them in there. And then we end up on someone named Gretchen, who we're introduced to as Gretchen, who is talented and confident, according to Tim. Christopher, who Heidi describes as having an elegant style that's also wearable and the trope of who Heidi thinks is cute. Um, But yeah, but basically otherwise, you know, um, especially if you've never seen this season, this part also thrilled me a little bit because it feels like it's an opening to a really wonderful group of people. So we've gotten this you know, this part uh, over with, and it's time to get to how all of our designers are uh, en route to Lincoln Center, essentially. Mm. So how did you guys feel about this? It's just like a meet and greet, but what I, what I named it was talk, 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 good talk. Also because, you know, we've been in pandemic <laughs> mode um, <laughs> and seeing people having to introduce themselves to one another to meet strangers for the first time. 
and get through the small talky talk to me was just a little hair raising. I'm like, oh, how are they going to do this? But um, yes, I mean, for our first group, we open at, I think this is South Street Seaport, right? And they're waiting for a water taxi. No, no, I think they're in Jersey waiting for the water taxi or, or the Liberty Ferry, I think, mm-hmm. to take them from Jersey to Manhattan, right? I think I think that's what this is. Um, and it's first up is Ivy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, Ivy is already my favorite. She's amazing. Her clothes are fabulous. She's all about luxury. She's great. She's, she's, she's wonderful. This is not Project Runway. It's actually the Ivy show. <laughs> so, yeah. And um, uh, later on, you know, Ivy will meet up with some people. But before we, we get to the rest of her crew, we go quickly to Grand Central Station um, mm-hmm. to meet up with Casanova, who is from Puerto Rico, but now mm-hmm. lives in Astoria, Queens, Patricia. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, I had an idea that Casa Grab Project Runway by the Balls Nova was a neighbor. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hoping you guys have crossed paths somehow or somewhere in, in Astoria. Um, I'm sure we go crunch together and we just don't know. Yes, yeah, I think so. Um, but yeah, I mean, we have a quick cut to Casanova's audition tape, which I love because there's Zana Roberts from Marie Claire and Arena, who's a winner of season six. And um, Tim is just scandalized by Casanova's name. I just think Tim is scandalized by random things. His actual <laughs> name is Carlos Casanova. And he's like, so, but you prefer to be called Casanova? Why? He goes, because it's my real last name. And Arena just says something like, that's a big name to live up to. And Tim's like, oh, I don't even want to talk about it. Let's not, let's not go there. Let's, <laughs> what is Tim's relationship? to Casanova anyway. Um, yeah, it's it's as if Casanova said, because I have sex constantly. <laughs> and so it's like, oh, like... <laughs> nowhere near me, nowhere near me, please. Yeah. I'm pretty sure Tim probably voted against casting, <laughs> casting Casanova, mm-hmm. but he's on the show anyway somehow. And um, yes, so then we open... I think really quickly with Sarah Trost from Toluca Lake, California. <laughs> it looks like she's at LaGuardia because it's it's an airport that looks small and dark inside. And to me, that's LaGuardia, not JFK. Um, and, she, you know, we get a little bit of introduction from her. Style is very unconventional. Um, she mixes materials and colors. And mm-hmm. she's meeting... AJ, who we've already been introduced right. as one of Tim and Heidi's favorites at Baggage Claim. Yeah, we get we get a, a really um, kind of irritating smash cut where um, where AJ goes like, oh, I was what was it? I'm, I'm expe- I was expecting to meet some old woman who was like totally out of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, smash cut too. I mean, I, before we go, I'm like, AJ is ageist. And I just yeah. I just want to say this because like AJ ages. It's just very, it's just too convenient. And um, yeah, smash, tuck, um, smash cut to Peach Carr. Right. Who is 50 years old from mm-hmm. Lake Forest, Illinois. And 
she designs for Ladies Who Launch. Mm-hmm. And is and who is played on with some weird um, faux classical music? I know. Stank. Uh, I... So so the sh- AJ may be ageist, but so is the show. I know the show really is because she it's a it's a trope. She's it's she's the old lady trope. Um, mm-hmm. It's really unfortunate because I agree with her. She she says you know with age comes experience, and I think that's. That's totally valid. Um, and this is where I also realized that they were actually in Jersey because they also used her spot to really get an eye on Lady Liberty Landing Ferry that they're mm. going to be taking from Jersey to, to Manhattan. Um, but she meets up with Nicholas, uh, who makes, and she makes a really cute joke about how they're the same height. And then Nicholas makes an awful joke about how he's going to beat her in the competition. I'm like, you just met Nicholas. Mm. Um, but this is, this, this seems more along the lines of, you know, socially awkward. This is, this is sort of what we'll, we'll look like Nicholas once we're all let out. Um, and the world is totally back to normal. Um, yeah. Then we go back to grand central to meet Kristen, who we've already seen before, who I think might have walked all the way from Times Square underground to get to Grand Central. Because <laughs> I'm pretty, I knew where she, yeah, it, yeah, she just walked a long way. I'm like, they're, make, they're making him walk a bit. Um, and then we also get to meet the mom, Mikkel. And we learn that Mikkel is from Utah, which really makes Casanova shake his head with a huge nope. Um, and Mikkel is like, you know, I feel like I do get that stereotype. And I'm like, what stereotype? We haven't even really put any words to what being from Utah means. <laughs> I mean, she's got what I call white locks. <laughs> she's, I'm, I'm wouldn't assume that she's Mormon, but I guess that's a stereotype or that, you know, uh, Utah people are very conservative and, and very, I don't know, Mormon. Um, but you know. It's interesting that we've got a stereotype, but she's stereotyped as a mom, not as a, not as a Utah, uh, not as a mom from Utah. Mm. So, um, but yeah, so we have, uh, I think a really nice interaction where Mikkel definitely has social skills and she asks them about, about their design background. So we get to learn a little bit about everyone. Kristen, we get a little bit more into her about, being an accidental apparel designer because she's a trained graphic designer and she um you know points out that she her unique point of view is that she always allows her mistakes to be a part of the final piece and how um she loves to tell seamstresses um or and 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 sewers to embrace their mistakes even though they probably uh are met with um a lot of like hand wringing of like, why would you let a crooked zipper into your garment? And she wants to embrace the crooked zipper, but I can say that on Project Runway, don't embrace the crooked zipper. <laughs> Just don't, please let it go. You know, once you it if unless you're supremely sure of your ability to convince Nina Garcia to embrace a crooked zipper then you should not hold it in such a tight embrace. Yep. No, do it as if you meant to do it. Don't do it as an embrace mistake because Nina will get mad. 
Um, okay. Now we get on to our next set of cast tropes. And we start off with our token straight white men <laughs> wearing a bowler hat, a salmon pink button down shirt, and what I call a cloak of homophobia. We have straight Jason. Mm-hmm. Straight Jason. <laughs> we had straight Kevin in season four. Season eight, we have straight Jason. So, yeah. Um, this guy's still talking about being straight in high school. Because I, I, I think he said he took, he took design in high school or maybe he went to the high school of design in New York. Um, I'm not really sure. We don't have... Um, uh, closed captions on these episodes. So I, couldn't, <laughs> I, I was like, not sure. Cause he lives, he's from Greenwich, Connecticut. So I'm not, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. confused on that, but um, it, it, it basically, he's telling the story of being straight in high school and, and, but being a designer in high school, but you know, don't worry. He's like, if other straight white men at his school mistook him for one of the numerous, just, gay students just like floating around Mm -hmm. all over the place, then, you know, there'd be a straight white man fight to the death or something. He's so straight that he beat up straight Kevin from season four, just for like, you know, to, to master the, the trope of so straight. I mean, not to, not to spoil, but um, don't (laughs) worry. Your clothes will (laughs) let us know (laughs) exactly how straight you are. (laughs) Right. The clothes tell the story. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, <laughs> you mean it's not the the cross cut of him punching the shit out of a punching of a of a punching bag? Like that's yeah. not what gives. <laughs> um, you know, uh, let's just say that our beloved Scott Patrick has probably spent more time at the gym than than AJ has. <laughs> And has and has the build to prove it. I, you and, know, no, and 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 yeah, the bowler hat, which is the the badge of heterosexuality. I mean, <laughs> I thought I thought about you because I'm like, did he? Did Jason read the article that I put in the show notes at the suggestion of Nalen that talks about why we don't wear mohawks? Um, <laughs> Because he definitely was using that bowler hat to to put a an emphasis on um, some type of some type of appropriation of a yeah. mohawk. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, I was like, wow, huh? I wonder if this is a um, a sensitive interpretation, but no, it's not. Yeah, of course. I'm, I mean, I'm kidding. Yeah, um, it's a triple threat. <laughs> 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 Oh man, um, what about that handshake? I just have to say, because Gretchen, Gretchen um, comes up, uh, puts out her hand, and Straight Jason gives the most—I call it a disgusting handshake—just like thumbs up, um, not really grasping hands at all, and he's, just, you know, it's just like nice to meet you, Gretchen. Uh, what nationality mm-hmm. are you? <laughs> and mm-hmm. it's just um, a very awkward hello all around. Uh, with with this guy, um, you know, I, I you know, and I I, I want to make a distinction that that Italian is not a nationality. Um, neither is like being Irish German. That's not, and you're both Americans, guys. Yeah. Uh, spoiler alert. I know. I 
confused by that. And first of all, who meets anybody and, and basically says, uh, what does it say on your pos- passport? Do you have one? Like, that's mm-hmm. basically what, what, what the question is. What's your nationality? Like, that was yeah. so hard. He just wanted to say that he's 100% Italian, but didn't know how to ease that in there. It's like he's asking Gretchen a, a question that he wants to answer because Gretchen has manners. And mm-hmm. she's like, oh, this is what I am. What about you? It's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, 100% Italian. I'm like, oh, God, yeah, guys. Yeah. Yeah, can't, you, you can't tell from the bowler hat. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So so th- does that make him a quadruple threat? <laughs> can we add on another threat there? Let's just say I feel very threatened by Jason. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. Um, so, so next, we're met with the actual boat. So Liberty Ferry comes on in. And who's at the, I don't know what this word is, this term is helm. I don't know. Um, Mondo is looking out over the end. So Mondo picked up the, the boat first. Oh, it's the prow. The brow, yes. Okay. The, um, the... Yes. Mondo is sitting at the brow to meet. Prow. Pro, oh, shoot. Prow? Prow. P-R? Yeah. Oh, man. You know, I've never heard that word before. I, I figured, I, I was like, it must be brow. Prow. Well, there's also the bow of the boat. Oh, but that's the back, right? No, stern is the back. Oh, bow no. is the bow is like the general front, but I think prow is the point w- that is right at that at mm. the apex of the front. Maybe I'm wrong about that. But may, it no, that's when the was part, the last time I sailed a boat? Well, you know, I've never sailed a boat, so I can't even say that. So I feel like you are the authority on this, Nayland. So that's fine. It's the <laughs> king of the universe section of the boat, right? Yeah. Uh, the portion of the ship's bow that is above water <laughs> is what the dictionary says. That's, that's not the pointed or projecting front part of something such as a car or building. Okay. So bow, right? Prow. Prow. Whoops, sorry. Okay. So it's the prow. Yes. <laughs> We've cleared that up. <laughs> that Mondo is prowling into the dock. And onto the boat enters Peach and mm-hmm. Nicholas. And I got to say, um, I'm not liking Nicholas from the get-go. Not just because mm-hmm. Nicholas uh, tried to, you know, um, you know. Power move Peach. Yes. Okay. That's a good term. Yes. Power move Peach. <laughs> Nicholas gets on this boat, looks at Mondo and goes, I'm from New York. Where are you from? <laughs> I just, mm. <laughs> I, you know. Uh, it's not necessarily rude, but I think that's kind of very forward in a way that to me comes off as like, mm, I'm from here. Where are you from? There, Mondo's from yeah. Denver, Colorado, which I always forget. Um, but you know, and we have like this little talking head of little Mondo, and you know, introducing himself as like, well, you know, first impressions of me, you know, people might think that I'm a little strange. <laughs> But mm-hmm. I think that if you're misunderstood, then you have something really good going for you. And I was like, I agree, yeah. Mondo. I think that's great. Mondo is basically Daria. Oh, that's a lovely comparison. <laughs> I love that comparison. It warms my heart. <laughs> oh, man. Because I, 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 oh, yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. Aw. The, 
the person who's like smarter than everybody else in the room, but also is so filled with self-loathing that it doesn't necessarily help them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah it's kind of like an adult because he's giving off. Mono's giving off these like adolescent vibes in a way, like very awkward. Um, Nicholas is looking straight and making eye contact, and Mondo's like, "I don't want to look you straight in the face like this." Not really into it yet. Mondo strikes me as very introverted, and I think Daria is very introverted. Mm-hmm. Very strong introvert energy coming off here, and we have Nicholas who's really trying to, I think, alpha it up. I, I agree. Um, so we do get a little bit of, um, oh gosh, what did I write in my notes here? So, so yeah, cause Mondo asks Nicholas, oh, what do you do? And Nicholas goes into this full bio that I think no one asked about because for this, he was like, um, I was an architect. And I was like, no one asked you about that. He's like, well, you know, before I was doing this, I was an architect. And then um, I went to working to design accessories. And then I had my previous, my first show last year. And, uh, you know, fashion is easy, basically. Like the transition from architecture to design, so easy. Um, and I think that, you know, especially since we've come off of season two with, um, with Justin, I'm thinking that architect of fashion is another trope of Project Runway. We have that often in the Project Runway universe. Um, and so I'm just like, hmm, I think, I think this is a, a trope here. I just want to say that um, on the platform that I'm watching this show on, between this background about Nicholas, I got a really gross ad for peanut butter whiskey. <laughs> It was so gross. I had to write it in my notes because I was so upset at <laughs> this ad. Um, yeah, I don't know what kind of ads y'all are getting. But anyway, so that's that's what I got. I don't like whiskey, and I got one. Anyway, okay. um, back to Nicholas. So we learned a little bit about Nicholas's design aesthetic, which is seeming and, you know, surprise, surprise, his work is very uh, architectural. <laughs> So, um, and then we meet Ivy and Ivy finally makes, um, her way onto the boat and, uh, she's also wearing one of her own designs, which everyone is kind of like gasping at, but I thought, oh, I, this is interesting. I feel like they all should be doing this <laughs> on the show. Wear something you've made. Cause I do think Mondo is wearing something that's very Mondo, and I'm surprised that Nicholas, I don't know what Nicholas is wearing, if that's something that he's designed or not. But um, but so she talks about how she has a collection called IVH and Nicholas does this thing like, oh, my God, like I architected a collection, too. Um, I mean, I took forever to name mine. And everyone's like, oh, what's it called, Nicholas? He's like, uh, Nicolina. <laughs> the story is that, you know, before I was an architect, I had a grand father and a grandmother they were both born and then they got names and then I became an architect and then I architected their names together and then that's my fashion label and it's like okay this is great um but Ivy loves the sentiment and we also get around to talking about like so what's your line what's your line and finally we get to Mondo and Mondo's like I don't have a line so it doesn't have a name um love the honesty very endearing Mm -hmm. And then we get to what looks like the Upper West Side near Lincoln Center, I think. And this is the 
cute Christopher, who Heidi has labeled as a cute person, meeting April from SCAD, our, our, mm-hmm. our young design graduate trope person. And I just thought they were really great at following producer notes as to how to talk to each other because they're like, mm-hmm. oh, where are you from? It's like, oh, I'm from San Francisco. Oh, I love San Francisco. What do you like to design? What do you like to design? What is your aesthetic? Like, oh my goodness. I thought they did a really good job. Great, strong handshakes. I'm into the, the, social, sk- the social skills. <laughs> um, I approve. And um, yeah. So let's see here. We have, we do get to hear a little bit about April. We, we didn't get much from her before, other than that she's mm-hmm. you know, a design student. But um, she, uh, I think, no, we don't get to April yet until we meet up with Gretchen and Straight Jason. I think that's, that's what happens mm-hmm. next. So Gretchen and Straight Jason meet up with um, April and cute Christopher. And Gretchen is the one who interviews April like oh what do you make and April we find is inspired by morgues um, loves making uh, ugly things beautiful and she's not someone to come to if you want a tea party dress Uh, so um, she's in contrast to you know people who we already know so peach (laughs) peach is into ladies who lunch and April's not (laughs) she's in she's into hanging out um, with zombies I think that's her aesthetic and um, then we're back to LaGuardia, where we get to meet, I think, our final designer, Michael C., who's from Palm Springs. And I've got to say, Sarah, who is from Toluca Lake, California, which is someplace in Los Angeles, she's like, oh, my God, what do you do out in the desert? And because I feel like Sarah is um, very shady towards anyone who's not from L.A. County. And um, including Michael C. <laughs> from Palm Springs. And his whole thing is about haute couture, a.k.a. hot couture, because Palm, Palm Springs is a desert. <laughs> and um, we get a little bit about, about Mike, Michael C., who's opened up, who opened up their first store at 17 and also is very accomplished, according to this first intro, where he's done editorial. Um, he's got celebrity clients and I think that's, and it has a store in, in Palm Springs. It, it is, you know, seems to be very independently successful. Um, and also is hungry, I'll say. Um, so <laughs> they all make it to Lincoln Center, finally. And they enter from north, south, east, west in a semicircle. We have a bajillion designers on this season. We have... Tim and Heidi who walk in and they make their introductions and um, at this point in history, so we have Heidi Klum who's, you know, Heidi Klum, but at this point in history, Tim Gunn was the chief creative officer of Liz Claiborne. Shout out to Liz Claiborne, my unironic mm-hmm. brand. Um, I just, yeah, I have like a soft spot for Liz, Clay- Liz Claiborne. <laughs> so, so yeah, um, we have 17 designers, as, you know, this is a lot and Tim points out it's like you all are so talented that Tim nor Heidi um, nor any of, of the other producers could narrow down the usual 16. So accordingly their first challenge is actually the last phase of the auditions process. 
Dun, dun, dun. Mm. And uh, I would like to know how you all feel about this, about challenge one actually being um, the last part of the audition process. Any, any, any thoughts? (laughs) Did you love it? I mean, (laughs) I can't say that I loved it and I don't know why that, part had to be televised mm-hmm. right like even if they did want to do that like what um, like what about that decision okay so the humiliation factor aside what about that decision lends itself to good tv mm-hmm. right because then we potentially have to say goodbye to one or more people which is fine but um i don't know i, I was sort of like eh. and I, I totally forgot that they did this actually um, so yeah, that's that's how I felt about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, this whole section is sort of like constructed like it's like a caper film or something. Like, mm. I get that. I get that the introductions template at this point is kind of played out. It's a little bit hard to figure out how to add something new to it. But this, but like this whole like broken up into small groups and and everybody converging on Lincoln Center and then this twist just felt like a lot of wasted energy to me yeah I mean especially since you know they came some of them came all the way from Jersey and you know putting aside where they actually were coming from um, Mm -hmm. this whole intro of trekking to Lincoln Center felt like a lot already that they you know like we all live there and <laughs> or here like I'm you know I'm podcasting from Rochester at the moment right. so, so New York City is there but we so we all live in the New York City area and we all know how difficult it is to travel <laughs> to travel so mm-hmm. I really felt for them and I also felt for them during this challenge because the challenge is also very very twisty so um, Heidi asks them to take one uh, one item out of their suitcases because they've got their suitcases with them. They're supposed to take one uh, one uh, an item out of their suitcase, and it, it's going to be an item that they want to incorporate into their garment. So they pull out their precious garments, and this is sort of the the moment I, I think where we. Um, we, we, we meet one of the other designers. We'll meet, we'll meet uh, Michael Drummond later from St. Louis. But Heidi then tells them that um, they must pass their item to the person to their right. And the item that they get, this is actually the item that they will have to incorporate into their garment. And it's a painful pass, <laughs> the garments. So, so this is like three twists in basically 30 seconds yeah yeah first they're not (laughs) officially cast onto the show right um second they have to they have to cut up a piece of their own clothing mm -hmm. for their look and third they it's like they don't even get to cut it up somebody the person who's standing next to them is going to be cutting it up and on top of this they have five hours to complete their designs (laughs) Mm-hmm. And according to Heidi, they must be able to see the garment in the final design in some way. 
And that's the only stipulation that, that they get. Uh, so yeah, that's that's the challenge, everyone. Um, some people are upset. Some people are okay. And um, we kind of get into what the materials look like once we finally get to Parsons. There's just not only, I mean, they made them meet them in Lincoln Center, which is where the, the finale will be, of course. But then they have to go all the way downtown to Parsons. Um, Lincoln Center is around the 60s, just letting you all know. Parsons is closer to Times Square. It's not far, far away, but it's it's kind of a trek. Anyway, okay. <laughs> Let's get to Parsons. And the designers are in the workroom for the very first time. I don't know if anyone else noticed, but Michael C. greets his dress form like Linda Williams. Um, mm-hmm. so like how you doing little thing um, we have a little introduction to another person named Valerie we're meeting 17 people so Valerie from Cleveland Ohio who is adorable in a way that I find annoying but I understand that she's anno- she's adorable and she probably knows it um, but mm-hmm. she's got like a New York ninja, like a little ninja doll that um, it's almost like a, it seems like a flat Stanley, like a crocheted flat Stanley um, that looks like a Domo. Um, and she's got one. Her sister has one or her or her sister takes. I don't know. She shares it with her sister anyway. She's got it. She's cute. She's in New York. The, the, the ninja is with them in New York. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So then we have this moment of just kind of also getting to know the designers, they're looking at each other's fabric. Um, but again, we've only got five hours. So Tim comes in right away to welcome them to the workroom, to introduce them to the brother's sewing room, which is named so, he says, because it's got only brother's sewing machines in there. There's an, mm-hmm. there's an HP Touch Smart Book commercial from Tim. There's a mother HP commercial from Tim that I didn't write down the details of. Um, but also, you know, on top of this, they didn't get to shop at Mood, thank God, because I, 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 feel, I feel like we would have seen some passed out designers, some dehydrated mm-hmm. designers. So instead, they, they brought Mood to them. And so there's a mood annex in the workroom, which I thought was really nice. Their models are already picked out. They've got, um, ran- they, they were randomly um, assigned and they've got 15 minutes to sketch. And then Tim's going to go with them to mood <laughs> annex. So, um, uh, and then, so while we are, before we sketch, we, we meet Ari and Finally, um, Ari gets to speak about her own d- design aesthetic, mm-hmm. saying that she began making pageant gowns, but realized very early that it wasn't her passion. And um, and, and and hopefully, and this is sort of like the the teaser that you'll will be able to see what Ari really wants to make on this season. Mm-hmm. And then they sketch. This is the one place where I didn't write anything about sketching. Did anything stand out to you guys <laughs> about sketch time? I mean, the only thing that I'll say is that those this generation of brother um, two in ones Mm -hmm. were like hell to to draw on. Like that's they're probably using Microsoft Paint 
and this really bad stylus to to draw on with these computers and they do not have my uh, you know they have my sympathy for for that yeah i i yeah i kind of would love to just see a notebook you know do you have a fancy big mole scan or something and color Mm. pencils (laughs) so um okay so then we we have our time in the mood annex and um it's kind of cramped in there because again we have 17 people vying for bolts of fabric and mm-hmm. um the only thing i really wrote anything about was uh poor Kristen who is gets into the mood annex and is like oh maybe i'll do a jacket but it's five hours i probably won't have time to do a jacket maybe i'll do a sweater maybe i'll do this other thing you know what i don't know what i'm doing i'm just thinking five hours man did you not use your sketch time at all I'm a little worried about Kristen. Mm-hmm. And then we also have Mikkel, who was very disappointed in what she got from AJ, um, our our Heatherette Aegis designer, because again, like we've also we've also been kind of proud by Heidi and, and Tim being like, oh, was, you know, AJ's aesthetic is like very much party girl, um, whatever. But um, what Mikkel got was a button down shirt. Um, that I thought was really nice looking. It was a blue button-down shirt, but she's not impressed at all. And mm. then we have Valerie, who got Casanova's Dolce Gabbana pants that cost $1,070 that were not worn at all. But for some reason, Casanova took that out of his bag when Heidi told him to take something out. Um Valerie is ripping it apart and Casanova I think is actually dying inside, but also on the Mm. outside, we can see it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And Valerie, I, you know, dear, dear, sweet, adorable Valerie is not reading the, the, the death on Casanova's face. She's like, Casanova, how much were these again? A thousand what? And Casanova's like, can you please? No, no, like, please, please do not talk to me about these pants. Um, yes. Um, and then we get a little bit about Valerie, who uh, we, uh, her background is that she comes from um, a, uh, a poor family where they shopped at, I, I didn't write down the name of this, where they thrifted. So she's got mm-hmm. some, strength, some strengths here where she, they, they thrifted at a place that she said was between um, Salvation Army and Walmart. So she's really used to taking thrift clothes and then making them into something that she wants. Um, she's really good at tearing apart those Dolce Gabbana pants, got to say. They came right apart. Um, and then we have Jason, <laughs> straight Jason, to be specific, who got a kimono from Ari. This kimono also meant a lot to Ari. Ari also is dying <laughs> on the inside. Mm-hmm. Watching um, super straight Jason in the bowler hat um, put pins into uh, Ari's kimono. And um, Ari, is, I think, is already, like, I think she's near tears. I, she's, like, she's play crying, but I think that's those are true tears. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so... Um, I, I think I, I don't know if I wrote this in my notes from what was actually happening, but what Jason is doing to this, um, this, this kimono is wrapping it on his dress form, 
backwards, which I guess makes it a straight kimono. I don't know. I'm not really sure what's going on there. Um, and then we have Peaches, or Peach, sorry, not Peaches, Peach, who got a garment from Michael D. And I, you know, didn't really go through Michael D.'s um, background, but Michael D. essentially is a knitwear designer. Um, he's very skilled in knit specifically, not other types of fabrics. Knit. And so when Michael D. pulled out <laughs> of his suitcase, it's very knitted. It was hand knitted. Or I would say maybe because um, he has got a, a, a studio with a machine. He made this knit fabric and Peach is poo-pooing all over it because it it's coming apart, essentially. Um, she, she can't sew it. She can't really work with it. However, she's trying to manipulate it. It's just falling apart. And it is not killing Michael D. It's pissing off Michael D., who is like looking at Peach across the room, who she's she's being really uh, dramatic. <laughs> about how <laughs> difficult this fabric is. And he's like, you know what? I feel like you should be able, if you're in a show, um, it shouldn't matter what it is. You should be, you should be able to make work out of a feed bag. So. <laughs> that was really funny. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. Coming from the knitter, I thought that was hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> also, please don't say that too loudly or that will end up being a challenge. <laughs> I would say, oh man, is this a now new designers? You might have realized that we <laughs> served you your breakfast today in these feed bags. <laughs> you have two hours to make oat couture out of a feed bag. Yeah. Did you say oat couture? I oat couture. <laughs> oat couture. Right. O- o- Wild oats episode. Please use the Oshkosh accessory walls <laughs> thoughtfully. Oh my god! I actually would love to see that. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Actually, I'm so that sorry. should have been the John Deere accessory wall. Oh, <laughs> so close. Okay, less so then. I'm, that's I, that's less appeasing to me. I, I'm, or appealing, less appealing. I don't uh, know. Give me no, some Oshkosh. You say you like yellow, but now you don't like John Deere. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Maybe I'll be up for it. I'm open. I'm open. <laughs> oh, God. Um, gosh. Okay. So, yeah, we're going through this kind of quickly because three hours are remaining. So, Tim comes in for Tim time and just kind of quickly asks, like, how is everyone surviving? And I'm like, like, well, do you really care, Tim? You guys, you gave them five hours <laughs> to do this impossible thing. That's mm-hmm. also kind of emotional. So, um, okay. So Tim visits Mikkel first, and she admits that she's really frazzled. But, um, yeah, any, any thoughts on this interaction with Mikkel? Again, she's got AJ's shirt, and she's trying to figure out what to do with the shiny bits from his shirt. So there's like some metal pieces mm-hmm. that she wants to use as epaulets, which I thought, oh, that's that's nice. I feel like that's a great idea. <laughs> um, but what she has so far is like she's using the center part of the button-down shirt, so the buttons, keeping them intact with the collar, and then what looks like a very flouncy skirt, flouncy shiny skirt from what she got yeah. from Mood. 
I just don't approve of her dreadlocks, so maybe we should just move along from, <laughs> like... Excuse me? <laughs> just kidding. Like, I don't... I have so many thoughts on that, but I don't have time to go into it. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I don't approve either. So let's move on. All right, so next we have... <laughs> next None we... of us have time to deal with it. <laughs> I know. Yeah, this is too much to go into. All right, we have Nicholas next. And, oh, man, Nicholas is like, mm, I have a polyester jacket. And Tim is like, oh, God, polyester. I'm just like, oh, this is, I think this is April's polyester jacket. I'd feel so bad. But um, I think he said he's going to cowl neck it along the neckline. Along the neckline. And all I could, I, of course, I, listeners, you know this. And um, Nayla and Patricia, I say this all the time. Nina hates cowl necks. Don't do it. That would be my mm-hmm. main thing. Do not sew a cowl neck um but instead he's trying to do this thing or use it um as little of it as possible as a trim mixing sporty with with luxury i guess in a way um all right next we have casanova who is deceased like casanova (laughs) no longer from beyond the grave yes like you know, just kind of popping his head up a little bit. Um, and uh, Tim looks at his dress form and there's not a lot of clothes on it, as Nina Garcia would say. There's not a lot of clothes. And Tim asks Casanova, is it sexy or is it vulgar? And Casanova gives the wrong answer. He's like, oh, no, it's sexy. And Tim's like, really? Is it? Which is, um, a, it's, it's a giant uh, caution flag from Tim uh, where he gives you a closed-ended question, but then, you know, it's not really um, open to your interpretation. You're not, there really is no choice. He's giving you a choice, but it's a false choice. So, because um, we see that, uh, Casanova started off with a flouncy blouse, I guess. I don't know whose blouse this is, but um, I was interrupted um, during this uh, critique by a really stupid ad for Josh Wine. I just want to put that in there. <laughs> I don't know what Josh Wine is. I would never drink a wine that's named Josh. But that kind of um, bifurcated this very tense exchange of between Tim and Casanova. So anyway, I just had to say that. Wow. So <laughs> Daily Motion has you pegged as some kind of alcoholic. <laughs> I know. I haven't had as nearly as much alcohol in the pandemic as I've had before the pandemic. And I think, I do think that Daily Motion is trying to tell me what is what. They're like, this is what you should be doing. And I'm like, no. You don't know me at all. I'm not a wine drinker. I'm not a peanut butter whiskey drinker either. Leave me alone. <laughs> okay. All right. So anything you guys have want to say about this Casanova versus Tim moment? No, not me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it's foreshadowing for, you know, what, like, what sort of an edit Casanova is going to get. Mm-hmm. he's sort of like the he's getting like the clueless um thinks he can do no wrong at it 
Yes, definitely. Um, I, I totally agree with that. And also, I guess we can we can kind of safely think about how there are so many designers in the room and we're not seeing everyone. And these are this is also foreshadowed. Like, who do we see talking with Tim? Because um, mm-hmm. next we have April. And April got a tuxedo jacket, a men's tuxedo jacket that she is turned inside out and she's leaving the edges very raw. And this is sort of another thing, especially coming from Right. Well, no, this is a this is a thing in Project Runway. Were you gonna say Nayland? No, I just said right. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. Um but Tim I think gave April some really good um, uh, some good advice about not overthinking things because what we see and we'll see it later on the runway, but um, it looks as if she's layered some fabrics on top of each other and really is, um, you know, I don't know. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, Tim didn't say student work, um, but I think Tim got a vibe from it that it was overworked in some way. So all right. Next, we have Straight Jason. And mm-hmm. um, Tim points out that Straight Jason is wearing a, what I call a fashion waist trainer. Tim calls it a design corset, but it's got some tools on it. So it's like what I would call a utility waist trainer. I've mm-hmm. never seen that kind of tool belt before. It's really interesting, but I also thought mm-hmm. it was hilarious that Tim was like, oh, you're wearing a design corset. That's great. Yeah. Yeah, it's so so heterosexual. It's it, extremely so. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, any thoughts on this interaction? Again, um, Straight Jason is working with Ari's kimono, and he and he is thrilled because he's like, "Oh, this is great!" Because I already got I got a lot of fabric, I have so much fabric. So I'm lucky I didn't get you know like some spandex thing over there like I got a substantial piece of clothing and um, essentially what he's done with it is put the kimono on the dress form backwards so it's you know confirmed and Jason's like yeah it's backwards but I'm also going to do this thing with the neck that's different so um, I think the best thing that comes out of this is that um, Nicholas the architect sees this from across the room and goes, that's worse than mine. I feel mm-hmm. so much better. Well, if you watch what Jason is doing, like it, <laughs> it, it's a little bit like when you confront a kid about not having eaten their vegetables <laughs> and they, and they move them around in the plate as yeah. if to, try to convince you that there are fewer there than when they started. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> like he does this, action. he does this thing with like the different sleeves where he's like, well, you could, you could put this sleeve over here and you could put this sleeve over here. And oh it's like, God. Tim is giving him a look that is like, you do know that this is a design competition. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just, it is um, like, like walking away from that. Tim, did you catch that? Like, Tim does a very telling adjustment of his glasses. Yeah. I don't think he knew that the cameras were there. (laughs) But it's just like a, oh, my God, kind of of look. Also, dude, you're indoors. Take your fucking hat off. But Nayland. (laughs) (laughs) 
Alan, that 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 is a part of the game. Yeah. You know, if... I think that I think that what we would find is that if he did, we would suddenly see like a little rat under there pulling <laughs> pulling his hair and actually making the design decisions. <laughs> It would be like, oh, I get it now. That makes so much more sense. <laughs> I mean, oh man, so so funny. All right, so next we have Gretchen, and uh, Gretchen. Oh shoot, I don't remember who she got her clothes from, but um, it looks like this evening wear outfit that's got a lot of sparkles on it, applique, if you will. And mm-hmm. so she's making a, um, a simple, simple dress and using um, the applique as pops of color and also as, um, as a way of manufacturing the cap sleeves on her outfit. Mm-hmm. Um, any thoughts about this, this first time meeting of Gretchen and Tim? Any any thoughts on well, this interaction? I think also as foreshadowing, it's clear that Gretchen is very polished. Yeah. Just be on top of knowing what Gretchen wants to do and and just has an idea of what of, of what Gretchen's going for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I don't remember ever and and like a first interaction with Tim, anyone talking about styling up front in a way where it's like, okay, I'm going to do this and this. I'm, you know, I'm just going to use these shoes and blah, blah, blah. And that's it. Um, Mm. I don't, I don't really remember that ever happening so early Mm. in the season, I'll say. But yeah. Um, Ready for Peach? Mm -hmm. So Peach is ready for, for Tim I mean, most, okay, I'll say ready because, again, like, Peach has been complaining about this fabric. And I think she does have something on her dress form, but it seems like complaining about Michael D's fabric is, like, her favorite pastime. And it doesn't look as if she has even tried to incorporate it into the outfit, which is worrisome. Um, uh, she's making, like, a what looks like a very simple cocktail dress that's got a halter tie at the neck and I thought because a halter tie was similar in color to the fabric that she got that that's what she was using that for but when she showed Tim what happens when she touches it like it just that thing just comes apart and I'm like oh okay I don't think she's used this at all in the design so far um but Tim I think comes up with a really good suggestion for her which is to I guess embrace how delicate or um, how unstable it is as a fabric Mm -hmm. and um, use it as some type of under or stuffing for a a mesh component of of the outfit Um, because she has to use it so and she has to so he's like you got to use it and maybe you could just use his tool somehow and just stuff this into it. <laughs> so, which I think is kind of questionable because I don't know how the, d- the judges would really notice that as being the fabric. And I, she definitely mm. would have gotten knocked, I think. 
I don't think she used it that way, but yeah, I think it's also interesting that Peach is Peach managed to find the um, the fabric at at Mood Annex that is like closest to the pants that she gave up. <gasps> oh my gosh, good point. Yeah, because Ivy got her pants. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Okay. What did you think about that? I I just you know it's it I mean I think it indicates that Peach is like you know has some had something in mind and mm-hmm. then freaked out when um she couldn't come up she couldn't use the solution that she had when she had to give up her pants and so was like you know found the thing that was kind of closest to it and that's what she's focused on she's like that's why she's minimizing the fabric that she got yeah yeah Huh. Wow. Yeah, I didn't even notice that. That's a good point. Yeah. Interesting. Cuz I didn't like the I didn't like the print. We'll talk about it later, but <laughs> I didn't like it. Um Okay, so next we have Mondo. And I just have to note that Mondo when when Tim's like when, when Tim comes over, Mondo looks like he's in trouble. I'm like, "Mondo, you're not in trouble. This is supposed to happen. Tim is supposed to talk to you about your outfit." <laughs> <laughs> But Mondo had a lime green coat that he's made into the center panel of a bodycon dress, or what looks like a bodycon dress. And there's like this um, chevron fabric, maybe even like textured fabric on the outside. That's the outer part. And Tim (laughs) calls this matronly. And I was like, huh, Mm. so a bodycon dress can be matronly i also would like for tim to define what does he mean by matronly i don't know i actually agree and i don't think it was the bodycon effect or shape or however you Mm -hmm. or or contouring that comes with uh bodycon silhouette i think it was the color and the patterning and the little the little i don't know what they're called the breast cups yes that were designing that were looking a little bit like Literally, like something that, like the Marilyn Monroe generation lady would want to wear, as opposed to something that was today. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that, um, I mean, Tim specifically said matronly, not retro, but yeah. I think there's overlap there that I think Mondo was kind of into. But I think that it was actually really good advice from Tim. Okay. At a at a good point uh, in time. Yeah, that makes more sense to me. Yeah, because I was just like, I don't understand what <laughs> it's matronly about this dress. Yeah, because what he's taken, what he's what Mondo has done is taken the, I guess, a sleeve detail and converted in, converted it into um, working it into the bust line, um, which is interesting. But it also has a like a lot of other lines on it because of what it was previously used for. So that makes sense. Yeah. Um, all right. Um, anything else about Mondo here before our models come in? Mm-mm. All right. So we have model fitting time. They have 10 minutes to fit their models. And then they have to do hair and makeup because this is um, runway day. Um, so after hair and make- makeup, they have to come back and then they will be using the Piper line accessory wall thoughtfully. So that's who we have this year for the accessory wall. 
And um, yeah, and this is the final push, the final push to the end. And it's, it's a lot, a lot happens in, in, uh, in this final push. Again, they have five hours. So um, let's see here. Any, so anything that, that stood out to you, you guys that you want to talk about in this, this segment of Rush Rush so-so? Uh, no, not for me. All right. Um, all right. So let's get past this final 10 minutes in Project Runway time. And let's get to the runway. So listeners, again, there is a cheat sheet. This week, there are two pages. The first page is all of the designers final looks and runway order and then the second page if you want a spoiler or i was to say spoiler alert for the second page because then i've divided them up into the safe designers and then the other designers who get to talk to the judges so um and then also um uh patricia malin how would you like to go through this do you want to go in runway order yeah i, I always like that but i'm flexible okay Sure. Yeah, let's do runway order. Let's let's do that. Um, are you Maryland? Are you sure? Oh yeah, Maryland. Maryland. How do you feel about it? <laughs> You're like, uh, sure. <laughs> oh, seventeen. I mean, I, I I have varying levels of enthusiasm. Let's just say. Do you want it? Do you want to um like just kind of pull from the safe ones maybe? Uh, yeah, I kind of, is that, how, how do you, how do you I'm, feel about that, Patricia? I'm okay with that. I mean, I think whatever way we make this fun is going to be good. And I think that there's so many ways to get there. Like we could start by just yeah. like the looks that we liked, what we didn't like, what yes. worked what, like, and I think, you know, that can be, um, yeah, I think we can structure it, structure it in a multiple of ways. Yeah, I would rather not do like a blow by blow by blow on each look because okay. there's just some that I just don't yeah. care about. <laughs> yeah. Yay! This is exciting. Um, <laughs> you don't want a blah by blah. I get it. A blah by blah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Okay. All right. So let's go to the second page and let's look in. Let's, let's like point out this the how they did this oh, okay well before we do it i just want to say who the judges are we're in our vintage mode of michael kors so michael kors is here mm-hmm. we have nina garcia and then our mm-hmm. guest judge is um summer blair who i think i would like to say let me know if you disagree or not is was voted the best dressed celebrity or celebrity in the world but also gives off mad daria vibes I lo- I love Selma Blair. Yeah, I <laughs> I mean, she's like her. She's like I'm I'm disgusted by it and I love it. She's that type of person. <laughs> like I love that. I love that bit of feedback. Yeah, so much. I I love her willingness to um do really weird things. Like mm-hmm. she uh, she uh appeared in uh John Waters' last film. Or I don't know, maybe John will make another film, but mm-hmm. but the the last film that he made, A Dirty Rotten Shame, and um, and 
you know, it's like a completely weird part for her to have taken. Yeah. Given where she was at with her career. And mm. um, I, I don't know. I just really I like her for being much weirder than people would normally give her credit for. Yeah, I agree. That's always um, good. Yeah. Um, all right, so let's, let's get to this. Um, let's start with our group of safe designers. Is there, mm-hmm. anyone, um, let's start with you, Naylan, anyone that you want to talk about specifically? Um, and also to, to, to note that we only have a safe set of designers, um, and a bottom six <laughs> and right. one, and one winner and one winner who's a clear unanimous uh, ch- uh, choice f- for the winner. Yeah. So we do have some top, we probably have some like distant second scores, distant third place scores mm-hmm. in this group of safe designers. So have at it. Like who sticks out? Yeah. I mean, basically the safe ones are AJ, Andy, Valerie, Sarah, Peach, Kristen, Michael C, Mondo. Michael D and Christopher and until they announced that everybody else was bottom I was like wow this is really this is this is a weird decision that these folks are safe but then you could I you know I think that probably um uh you know Ari um sorry I said Andy I Ari and um and uh you know probably michael mm-hmm. would have been part of the top 3 if it if there had been a top 3 yeah i think that i think that peach is lucky to be safe this week and i i kind of can't believe that aj is safe yeah hmm but given, I think AJ and Peach, I think they are safe given what the others produced. Um, right. Which yeah. makes me think. Okay, so if you're going to send somebody home, why not make it a bottom seven? Mm. Right. Yeah, yeah. That was also something I thought. If you're like, if you're going to go through all this trouble to have this audition be televised, then just really make a decision that actually makes the show more tight in terms right. of like tal- talent matches. Mm-hmm. Right. But, but we sort of just get the same formula of like one person goes by, Oh wait, was that a spoiler? <laughs> also they kind of, they kind of flubbed it. Yeah. Like they should have said, instead of, instead of telling the designers that they were safe, instead of Heidi telling the designers they're safe, she should have said, like, congratulations, you've passed the audition. You will be competing on, you know, season eight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, instead, it's like, it's, it's, uh, it's left really murky. Yeah, totally. Because I, this is, this is one of the things that I, I forgot about this first episode. I mean, there's so many things thrown into this one. So, um, that was just one extra thing, but yeah, I, I kind of, I thought that, yeah, I thought Ari's piece was really strong. Um, I'm thinking differently about Michael C and, um, I even thought I, I, I kind of, 
I liked Kristen's outfit, but I didn't think that she did enough with, um, she had Mondo's kilt. Um, but I thought she did something that was very distinctive to at least what we've seen of her portfolio and incorporated that in as like an accessory slash collar or, or, or whatever that was. Um, but yeah, but are there any, besides Peach anyone and, and AJ, anyone else that you were surprised had got through and was safe from this safe group? Uh, I mean, Valerie, <laughs> I, I, this is a really, really difficult question for me because I just like so much of it. Um, with the exception of Ari mm. and Mondo. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a, that's a hard one. Um, okay. Well, those are our people who are going to go on to compete, um, as, as we said. And, um, of course we have one, two, three, we have seven people left over and one of them is the unanimous winner and that's Gretchen. So we can kind of, do you guys want to say anything about Gretchen winning and the thought or the, uh, or the, 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 um, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what you call it, but about her being the clear winner out of everyone else. Uh, no, I mean, it, it's like, it, it, it signals like, um, uh, she kind of won on, on clarity and time management. Hmm. Right. Like she was able to really kind of reduce the problem to, um, to very simple components and get everything executed. Um, she didn't plan out anything that she couldn't accomplish. Yeah. In those in in those five hours, the thing she made is like perfectly fine. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. It's a little black dress. Yeah, I mean, it's got flair. It's easily fitted. But, you know, very very simple. She used enough of her garment in a way that was additive and, and a, a nice design element. Um, as opposed to our lowest scoring designers who most of them or not most of them, but maybe a few of them, um, actually one person, there is one highly ambitious person who did a lot in five hours. That's Ivy in my opinion. <clears throat> And then we have some other people who um, just were, mm, yeah, no, I, I'll just say that, actually, well, I'll just ask, is there anyone here that you thought did not deserve to be in the lowest scoring designers or the bottom six? I, I, I don't know if I felt that. I mean, I, I guess maybe what we got here was like, you know, the rare, like basically the, the, the judges unloading on five people instead of three. Hmm. So, you know, one of the, one of the, oh, six people, I'm sorry, instead of, instead of uh, three. Yeah, yeah. One of the, you know, um, one of the reasons why I said that, that Peach was lucky to be safe is that they spend a ton of time ridiculing Peach's taste. Yeah. 
Yeah. Like they like when they go after Ivy, it's all like Ivy's like, well, I got these pants. And everybody's like, oh, those pants are so horrible. And even though you got them, you didn't do even though they were bad, you didn't do much anything that was better with them. And they're such terrible, terrible pants. It's like, oh, my God. Like, like, basically, if if Peach had been in the bottom, Mm -hmm. she would have had to, like, sit there on stage and hear them, like, ridicule her, you know, her garment. Yeah. 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 Because I I was actually thinking that it had more to do with the ruching and that it was something that was just not enough and i don't know we don't know what the i don't know i don't remember what the original pants look like but it it didn't look as if it really was taken further and this is where also ivy kind of like pushed back on the judging where she was like well we weren't told to uh transform them we were told to incorporate them into a design and i was like yeah point that's a point we get well but we get some foreshadowing here because um ivy is going to have a very particular role for this entire season yes and and we get shots of her responding directly to everything that has said to her yes yeah yeah she's fighting and yeah she also again this is supposed to be the ivy show you know they mm-hmm. let that in, <laughs> in the cut in the edit go ahead I- Oh, I just wanted to say that I I didn't think Ivy was fighting. I thought Ivy was standing up for some things that weren't making sense. Yeah, Um, that's what I meant. So I thought, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I I mean, just within the, within the zeitgeist of the show, that's always presented as combative Mm -hmm. and... And right. um and not the thing you're supposed to do. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. And I thought she had some points where it wasn't really clearly explained. We've said before <laughs> about these challenges mm-hmm. that sometimes it's not as spelled out. There's so many twists and turns that um it gets kind of confusing. And um and you know and and this is also this is something that happens more on um next in fashion where there are certain criteria that people are held up to that other people are allowed to just completely throw out the window. It just is mm-hmm. kind of random. And so here, when she said, like, we weren't told to transform them, because Michael Kors was like, you didn't transform the pants at all. She's like, that wasn't the brief. And he was like, well, yeah, but... And so, so mm-hmm. it's like, you know, I, I think the... Yeah, so that's why I thought the ruching part was just incredibly unfortunate. But she put a lot of work into this, and and that's what, compared to Jason, for instance, where you could see, you can see the pins mm-hmm. on the cheat sheet. That's how many pins there are, and staples. I think he stapled yeah. this together as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah. That's no, that's that's the thing is that we get this whole thing about Jason having like, uh, stapled the. You know the his his garment together, which is ludicrous. Um, yeah, no, his thing is his thing is really a mess. Yeah, I didn't realize it that he did not sew any of this together. Yeah, so so um, things are kind of wrapped around and tied off. 
April gets a big read for um, not really doing any finishing on the jacket that she turned inside out. Yes. Yeah. Because I, and I thought, I, I, and I'm curious about what you guys thought about this, about what Michael Kors said in response to this outfit that they're just like, yeah, we're, we're into deconstruction, but we just have to know that you know how to construct, that you constructed and <laughs> deconstructed the construction. Um, but it's also clear that they're very much over raw edges. And Heidi was a little condescending where she's like, oh, I know you just graduated from uh, design school, but do you even know how to finish edges? Do you know how to hem a skirt? I'm like, she did. This is clearly a choice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would assume that she does. And that this is clearly a choice. It's a bad choice, you know, from your opinion, from her opinion, like Heidi doesn't like this, but I don't think it means that she doesn't know how to hem. She mm-hmm. just doesn't want to. What I do you guys think of what she made? Wait, Patricia, did you just say you agree with me? I'm just kidding. Yes, <laughs> I, <was> like... <laughs> I did. Yes, I did. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, I wasn't bothered by this outfit. Um, I, you know, I, I, and it, I don't know. There's something about the images on the cheat sheet that they're so bright. I'm also biased because, you know, when putting them together, some, the, the images are notoriously dark, um, and underexposed. And so I was just like, oh, I'm just so happy to see detail. This is great. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I think for this, for the most part, for the styling, I thought it was interesting and, I kind of like that around the collar, it sort of looks like she's wearing a hoodie or something. And that I don't know if that's on purpose. I think that's just the raw edge is showing. But it kind of gave off this um, also like a sport sweatshirt vibe in a, in mm-hmm. a way up top. But yeah, Patricia, what do you think? I have seen, I, I think that it was not the worst thing that we've seen in this group. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I thought it was just as bland as Gretchen. It was like two sides of the same coin, like oh, the same stuff you see over and over, just kind of styled. Yeah. In ways mm-hmm. we expect them to be styled. We, you know, we. It's sort of very, very. They're both very expected. Um. But I don't think that I. I what I agreed w- with what you said, Ernez, was that yes, the choice was bad, but it was a choice. <laughs> You know, clearly this person can do other things. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, that was all I had to say. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, I think, you know, I think the thing with this is that you so you put one piece of piping on one of those raw edges mm-hmm. on on both shoulders and then that whole question goes away. Yeah. Right? It's like you only have to do one little bit of finishing for everybody to then go, oh, oh, so you intended to leave the rest of it raw. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. And it also could have been something that she had, she would have had time to do. Because, um, of course, and that's another thing that was really frustrating about this challenge is, Yes, this is our first time seeing the judges kind of berate six designers and all of them have a legit excuse. I had five hours and 
Um, and, and, you know, uh, and I think a legit excuse and how they even scored this, that Gretchen was above and beyond, according to their, their score notes, above and beyond um, better than, than all of the, uh, the other designers. It's like, well, yeah, because this is, this is such a huge challenge to be given to do in only five hours and to also withstand this type of feedback or to expect something more um, without any you know, leeway for forgiveness in terms of the time constraints. Um, because like we have, yeah, because I think April really would have had time to put on piping. But again, she had to go through the whole process of hemming and hawing about hemming. No pun intended there. Like she, like hemming and hawing over, yeah, no pun intended actually, but I made a pun on accident. But yeah, yeah. And I think that just kind of comes from experience in a way. Um, what about Nicholas and his pocket on the right-hand side? Do you see that? Oh, uh, yeah. Down, there's a pocket. <laughs> <laughs> Hurrah. It's functional, <laughs> this ball gown. Right? It's great. <laughs> yeah. We hear about how this is like the the bottom of the bomber jacket. That's the sort of neckline of the dress. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm. Yeah, I have nothing else to say about it except for that pocket. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a little satchel. So what do you guys think about, like, the scandal of <laughs> of of the show, a.k.a. Casanova? <laughs> I'm going to let you go on this one, Patricia. Okay, okay. Um... I mean, look, I, I thought it was terrible, but I don't think it merited so much drama around it. I don't think that... Um... Okay, from the photo on the on the, the reference sheet, mm -hmm. it looks like stuff that we see photographed at Fashion Week all the time. However, the back, the back of this dress, to me, was more problematic than the front. Because there's literally nothing on the back of the dress, mm -hmm. right? And if we're going to gauge it by, like, the rules of Fashion Week and, and, and because that's tied into what the final prize is, you know, with the show, it's like that's not something that's unseen for a summer or resort collection. But usually they have far more fabric on the back, right? Yeah. Um, so I think, yes, was it great? Absolutely not. There's so much feedback that that person could have received, but instead they made it about drama and taste. Quite frankly, I think there's a lot to be said about um, taste in regards to AJ. Um, and, uh, you know, Jason, you know, so I think to just isolate this person as like, oh, you taste, taste is an issue. Taste is an issue. You know, it was just really annoying. Right. Yeah. 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 What do you think, Mayland? No, I mean it's. Um, yeah, it's. Again, the brief wasn't that it couldn't be um, like resort wear or beach wear. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, 
so in a way, um, Casanova's in his rights, but we, but we also get the start of the, um, uh, how much does Casanova understand of what's being said thread? Yes. Right. Where there's a, there's a moment where Nina translates, um, for, uh, for the panel mm-hmm. to him. And, um, you know, there, it's like, that's something that's going to come back during the, during the rest of the, um, you know, during the rest of the year. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. Cause I, I just, yeah. And that was in response to Heidi wanting to prolong this torture chamber of, of Casanova, defend yourself. Why should you stay here? And I'm like, oh God, can we save this for the finale or the second to last? Uh, or the mm. you know, just when there's only four of them left or five, not like six. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I just thought it was mostly used as fodder for Michael Kors to do his similes. Like she looks like, and like just go on and on and on about what this outfit looks like. Um, you know, in terms of taste, let's, let's like bag on taste. Like, I, you know, I've never really paid attention to what Valerie has made in this um, episode, but that is a very mm-hmm. questionable taste level and it just sort of the design of it. Yeah, like I, I, you know, I just thought that was a little bit more egregious. And Casanova, I think, would have benefited from some questions, like what, what is, what is the design aesthetic? Where is she going? Where did you envision that she was going? What's going on here? But what did you guys think about Macau? Or did you have well, other things to say about Casanova? Can I, can I just like voice some ESL jitters of my own yes. about this? Yes. You know, what was also really annoying was how the question, you know, Heidi could have phrased a question with more clarity instead of you, instead of saying, defend yourself, defend yourself. It's like, what? Like Heidi could have said, explain your decision, explain yourself. Like that distinction, I think would have cleared up a lot of the, um, the the sort of like shock and confusion at that, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like, okay, so now I'm here. Now I'm still auditioning. Now it's bad. Now I'm at the bottom defend okay what it, it it's just sort of not the most clear communication style like throughout all of this and he probably mm-hmm. thought that he was defending himself already he's like I'm, i've been doing that <laughs> I already yeah. Did it. yeah so yeah yeah also i just lost a super expensive pair of pants <laughs> just just a few hours ago <laughs> and it was made into this ugly outfit that is safe i forgot that <laughs> This Dolce & Gabbana outfit. Oh, holy crapness. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, my gosh. What about Mikel? Yeah. Yeah. It feels very, very meh to me. Yeah. Um, they really did. They hated the styling. <laughs> they hated the right. bag. They hated the hair. They hated those shoes. Um, and... Yeah, yeah, but I don't know. I don't know. Is is there anything left to say? I mean, about I have Mikhail's to say <laughs> that it didn't. It. I mean, given everything that was that walked on for this runway, it's mm-hmm. like, is this really that bad? 
Is it worse than Jason and his staples? Mm. Uh, uh, no, it is not. Yeah, definitely not. Yeah. Yeah, I, oh man, I just couldn't, I couldn't yeah. really, okay, all right. Anything else to say about this, uh, this runway and about the judging and, and their feedback to these designers before we announce who is going home? <laughs> The only thing I want to say is that is sort of about like the um, the whole um, uh, the the whole episode, yeah. Which is that um, you know, having just come back from season fourteen, um, uh, I would say that like Heidi's um, that like English has gotten a lot better. <laughs> What? Like there's a there's a kind of like halting pronunciation that Heidi has in this episode that I was like, oh, yeah, I remember like when Heidi was first starting out, it was really it, it was it was really apparent. Oh. Um, and and anyway, she is just much more at ease in later seasons. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. Like like she's she, it's easier for her to crack jokes. She's like. It's she's just here. She still retains a kind of stiffness that yeah. is, you know, yeah. Like when would say? Well, I was just going to ask. When do you think Project Runway? Because it's still so. This season still seems kind of lower budget than after season ten. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Do you think maybe this is when there was slightly more pressure on the show? Or I mean, because do you know if was it always doing well? Because maybe that's reflective of something. Because I don't remember the show being like that big of a deal until later. Well, there hasn't been the first all like the first All Stars season yet, right? Yeah. Yep, and there isn't an All Stars. So, so that's one of the indications. Like, I think they were starting to try to spin stuff off, but weren't really so successful with it. Mm. Um, I think, I mean, the, the, the thing that really struck me about season 14 is how it was wall-to-wall product placement. Oh, it's season 12 that we just did. Is this season 12? That's season 12. Yeah. Okay. Well, then, yeah. So we're just on the, just on the verge of that because mm-hmm. it's like, you look at season 12 and it's like, yeah, they've got plenty of money at that point because it's every episode has got some sort of product placement going on in it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Feels glitchier. Yeah, definitely. So this is, must be like on the cusp. Yeah. Yeah. Cause we didn't really, we didn't, we barely got an introduction. You know, I was kind of, uh, uh, messing around with that HP commercial, but it wasn't nearly as long as it was in season 12. You know, the mentioning of the product and like the, like a mini cut to how they're using the product. We barely actually saw them sketching on them. Um, and even the, the, I mean, yeah, there was like more product placement for mood, which is traditional. You know, they didn't go to mood, but we still got to see the logo. Mm-hmm. They're still getting fabric from mood. Blah blah blah. Like they just they figured out a way to put them in there. Mm-hmm. But huh, that's so interesting. Yeah. 
Um, well, I mean, we, and also I don't really remember the details of the season. Maybe we'll see more <laughs> as we go through. <laughs> but, um, but about Heidi, like Heidi season one is so interesting and, you know, she's nervous, you know, of course she doesn't have her, our like wonderful, um, uh, um, observation of her being a, a little bit of into the evilness of the show or wanting to torture the designers. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. still there. It's like a, a little spark, but um, I feel like she comes into her own after season eight, um, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Great. Well, anything else before we announce who the loser is? <laughs> no, go ahead. Who is it, Ernest? Uh, it's Mikkel. <laughs> <laughs> Mikkel goes home. They sent her to back to Utah. Um, it's, it's befuddling. It is, uh, it is a little bit shocking because there is an actual garment that was stapled together. Yeah. On the runway. Yeah. Turned backwards <laughs> and turned backwards and then stapled together. I would be so mad. Yeah. I don't know what I would have yeah. done. I think I would have, I don't know what I have done. I think I, I don't know. I wouldn't, yeah. I, I'm not going to say, but I would have been terribly upset and, uh, you know, would have mm. written, this is back in the day. I would have written a very fiery blog post about it. I would have <laughs> yeah. gone on to Google. Um, what was it called? Like, a Google blogger. I think it was called blogger. Um, Google blogger. And I would have written a flaming post about how unfair this was, how I got let go too early. And what is it up with staples? How could that backwards kimono? Yes. This is pre Twitter, pre Instagram, pre TikTok. I would have just blasted it all over blogger. So yeah, that's, that's how I would have responded to this. So I have to say that um, uh, when we were at, um uh Grand Central Station. Mm-hmm. Um and we met Mikkel. Mm-hmm. I did I did write down in my notes and I did not remember like how this turned out, but I did write down in my notes like perfectly nice young blonde woman. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> because because I was trying to remember that other trope and I was like, but the does this really count for Mikkel because of this hair? This She's hair. from Utah. <laughs> I, okay. Cultural appropriation is not enough on season eight to save you from that. It's, 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 it really is like if you are serving on a starship called the Enterprise and you go away on an away mission... <laughs> And you're and you look down and you're wearing a red uniform. You should be anxious. <laughs> if you show up at Project Runway and you are a perfectly nice young blonde woman. <laughs> okay, because I was so sure I was like, this is the season where it doesn't really work. Because then there's Sarah, and I'm like, Sarah's not perfectly nice. There's something. Sarah's got an edge, mm-hmm. and Sarah's not naturally blonde. And right. I was like, okay, who is it going to be? It can't be Gretchen. <laughs> right. April's a possibility. <laughs> but April's got an edge and she's, she's, well. Right. But yeah. no, she was, but she was, po- she was in the ballpark. Okay. But yeah. 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 All right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. 
but but I agree that she has she's got she's too um she's she's too dangerous to fit the mold of the perfectly mm-hmm. perfectly nice perfect reasonably nice mm-hmm. yes um that's got to be my yeah. favorite my favorite trope of all <laughs> <laughs> like, my favorite and i'm so glad you pointed out for Mikkel. i i totally thought she was disqualified yeah. um but man all right. Well, so we we say goodbye to Mikkel. We say hello to these sixteen designers, and um, also didn't mention that there was a point where they went back while the judges deliberated to tell all the, the safe designers that they were okay, um, and that <laughs> that there was only one winner out of the seven, and all of them, the rest of them, just completely sucked. <laughs> right at the bottom. Um, yeah. So, but any final words? Any final thoughts? on this episode before we before we sign off Mm-mm. all right not me i hope you both are looking forward to the rest of the season <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> once again it's like a crew like i my my memory is so selective mm-hmm. that there's a, a bunch of people i remember but there's so many people that i forgot yes oh yeah same yeah i really thought Same. nicholas got um knocked off i was like oh yeah to go home it's uh it's gonna be mikhail and nicholas like i really thought that but no nicholas is safe yeah so well probably not for long if we can't summon him to mine and i can't and him. and and when jason got as much screen time as he did i was like oh man he's got to be going home yeah that was the the, the hope deep down in yeah. the heart the hope all right well um, well all right uh, so Patricia, do you have anything to share with our listeners and can you remind them how they can find you? Um, nothing to share. I can be found actually loitering in the workroom podcast, um, Instagram page. And I also have my own, um, Instagram, um, sense and sight that's optical sense. I'm sorry. Uh, common Sense and Optical Sight, S-E-N-S-E-A-N-D-S-I-G-H-T. And I'm on Twitter with that same handle. Um, that's it for me. Nayland, anything going on with you that you want to share? So um, this coming Thursday, um, I will be um, participating uh, in a panel um, under the auspices of the Brooklyn Museum um, in celebration of the writings of Lorraine O'Grady, um, which which are fabulous and and um, and so important for anybody who thinks about art. Um, I think uh, I think it starts at six, so just check the Brooklyn Brooklyn Museum's website to to access that. Otherwise, you can find me on Twitter um, uh, uh, at Nalen Blake. And um, actually, it's been, um, I think, two months since I've sort of uh, posted anything on Instagram. I'm mm. kind of taking an Instagram hiatus. So yeah. unfortunately, I will not be lurking in the workroom there. 
<laughs> in the in the workroom uh, channel there. Yeah. Um, but you can also um, uh, take a look at my website, nalenblake.net. And, uh, and the other thing I'm planning is uh, two weeks from now, some actual physical hugs because today I got my second yeah. Moderna shot. Uh, <laughs> Wait, was that today? Today, yeah. Okay, and you feel okay? So, oh my gosh, this is I'm so I'm actually like I'm I'm fading a little bit right now, so I think I might be um I think I might be feeling some effects. Yeah, that's amazing. Your immune system so, is working. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's what that's what they tell me. Um, Ernest, how about you? Yeah, well, nothing to share. But I will say you can find me on all of the interrupt things at Ernaz, H-E-R-N-E-A-S-E. I also have been taking an Instagram hiatus. <laughs> God, I, it became a little overwhelming. And um, I, uh, yeah, just took a break <laughs> while on residency up here. But I will be posting soon and I will be posting again since we are um, venturing into the land of season eight. And um, I think that is all. Yeah. And find me, find me on my website, erinazdavis.com. And that's it. Um, oh, this is so great. So glad to be talking about this season with you two. And I'm so excited about moving through the rest of the episodes. Um, so uh, listeners, take care of yourselves. Please um, be safe and please uh, take care of one another and, and your loved ones. And until next time, we'll all say goodbye. Bye. 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 <laughs>